0: Hey there. So today I want to talk about marketing. Marketing has been coming up a lot this week in group coaching and with my one-on-one clients. And I think it's a topic that's always on the front of our mind. But what I want to talk about today in terms of marketing is the importance of the educational piece of it and how we always have to be educating I told a story today in group coaching and I told it yesterday in up level group coaching about how I really had a disaster of a sales call earlier this year and If you're listening to this and you know me, you know like that's pretty weird to hear because I'm pretty great on sales calls because I just look at them as conversations and I show up and I have confidence and I make really great connections with people and I'm not always worried about selling. I'm worried about connecting and whether that's to me or someone else. But how did I have a disaster of a sales call and how does this relate to the podcast in terms of marketing and education? Well, I'm going to tell you. So I had... A wonderful lead that was actually a referral from one of my current clients and she filled out my discovery questionnaire and I had already done my research about her. And honestly, like I had already sold her in my brain before we hopped on the call because I was like, oh my gosh, I can so help her business and this is exciting. So we're on the discovery call and we're just chatting it up and I'm asking her questions and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's totally normal. Yep. That is absolutely how I help my clients. And we get to the end of it and I say, so do you have any questions for me? And she was kind of quiet for a second and she was like, well, actually, I still don't really understand what you do. And I was like, oh dear, I really screwed this one up because I jumped into the call assuming that she understood how I could help her because somebody had referred her and they were kind of business besties. And that was a big time rookie mistake. I forgot to educate. I assumed and that is what this podcast is going to be about today is like don't make assumptions because it will always come back to haunt you. So I assumed that she knew what I did and how I helped business owners. So I didn't get the sale. I'm just going to be totally honest. However, it ends well. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But instead of just crying, which I probably would have done a year ago, right, two years ago, I was like, oh my gosh, how can I improve my process? How can I make sure I never do this again, right? Abundance mindset, growth mindset coming in here. Like, what can I learn from it? Because growth-minded entrepreneurs welcome feedback. And so I paused and I was like, all right, I need to make sure that no matter who I speak to... I tell them about how I help them in their business, what I do. I cannot assume that people understand what a business growth strategist does in terms of consulting, just like you cannot assume that people understand how an OBM or online business manager or VA or ops director or virtual assistant or social media manager can help them in their business even if they've come to you on a referral even if they filled out your discovery call questionnaire do not assume that is the big message for today and I'm going to give you some more examples of why I wanted to talk about this so anyway I improved my process and I always start out my discovery calls by doing this and I think that I did in the early days right because I really wanted to nail my discovery call process and I probably just got a little bit comfortable, to be quite honest. And that's going to happen as sales calls become easier for you, it's going to become more natural. And you're just going to want to chat with people about their business. But be careful that you are making sure to still give priority to the education component. Okay, so I continued to still follow this person on social media and engage from time to time. And fast forward nine months, and she came back to say like, hey, I think I'm ready to talk to you. I think I understand how you can help me in my business now. I've had a lot of growth. And so all is well. But my point is, (laughs) don't make that mistake that I made. The reason that this is coming up is because There was something else that I saw in a Facebook group this week and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to talk about this because I see this thing happen all the time and it is a really, really innocent mistake that we all do. We are making an effort to make genuine connections, especially in Facebook groups and share knowledge about how we can help people and do this little thing called market research. We've all seen it that's great. But again, don't assume that people know what in the world you do and how you can help them in their business. So whether or not you are networking in a Facebook group, whether or not you're creating a social media post, whether or not you are creating copy for your website or your email sequence, focus on education, focus on making sure that the consumer, your ideal client understands what you do and how you can help them. Don't leave anything out. I think that we as service providers sometimes worry that we are burdening people with information. And honestly, it's quite the opposite of that. Like nobody's going to be mad because you provided too much information in terms of how you can help their business, okay? And if they are, they're not your ideal client anyway, so who cares? Don't leave out how you can help their business. How many times have you gone to someone's website or social media profile and you're like, that's a great title, but I have no idea what you do. Well, spoiler alert, that's what people think about us in terms of, OBMs, VAs, social media managers, they hear these terms in in their masterminds, with their peer groups, in Facebook communities. But so many people who are solopreneurs and just building a team, they don't really understand how those roles are going to help them. They might have a general idea or they may not have ever heard of the term before. So this is important because we're not always going to connect with our ideal client in the perfect stage of their journey. But we might connect with our ideal client before they're ready for us. And so we want to make sure that we're educating them so that when they are ready for us, they're like, oh, I remember that person who shared with me about being an OBM and what that could look like in my business. And I'm going to go back to her because I'm ready now. So this week, when I was scrolling Facebook, I came across a post and it was a market research post. And it was I've seen a million like this, literally a million. And well, maybe not literally a million, but literally a thousand. And so it was an OBM who was doing market research to try and figure out, I'm sure, how to niche down. And so the questions were do you know what an OBM is? And do you feel like you need or will need an OBM in the future? Right? Totally great. You're like, yep. Those of you that are OBMs, VAs, whatever, are thinking, Clearly, I would ask something like that. Now, if you're a solopreneur and you're listening to this and you are still DIYing it and your business is, you know, hitting that $100,000 mark, several hundred thousand dollar mark, and you're like, what are all these roles? I know I'm going to need a team. These are the people that we we as service providers need to be educating you, right? So what happened in this Facebook post? I'm going to tell you because it was mind-blowing. And I was like, oh, this is so unfortunate and so painful but it's a great education experience for all of us. And it's a good reminder. So these questions got asked. I'm an OBM and I'm wondering, do you know what an OBM is? And do you know when you'll be ready for an OBM? What do you think happened? People did not chime in and say, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll be ready for an OBM when I'm at, you know, multi six figures or I'll be ready for an OBM when I, you know, I'm feeling like everything is falling on my shoulders and I need someone to help me manage the business. That is not what people said. So I actually have screenshots that I'm going to read. So some of the things were this organic breakfast foods. I'm like, what? Like, am I reading this post? Do you know what an OBM is? What do you? you know, like, what do you associate with that people are chiming in obstetrics, babies and mothers, just a guess. I'm like, Oh, my gosh, they have no clue. And this was a big, big community of female entrepreneurs. Okay. And so somebody else was like, I don't use that term. I think that I you I would associate this with a CDO, or a fractional CDO. And I'm like, I don't even know what a CDO is. So here we go, we're going down this path. And this poor, person is trying to do market research, and it's just failing miserably. Another person, I have no idea what an OBM is, okay? All I can think about is original baby mama. <laughs> that was one of my favorites. I'm like, okay, this is pretty amazing. Now, she took this in stride, right? She was like, okay, this is, uh, but, but still didn't correct the problem in, the, in terms of the fact that she should have gone to the post. Does anybody know what I'm going to say here? She should have immediately gone to the post and edited it to add OBM or online business manager. All right. I could go on with the examples. I think that you're getting, you understand where I'm going with this. Like people were just, they had no idea. They were so thrown off. I mean, there was, there was stuff about, I won't, I'll just spare you, but you get the idea. Anyway, We cannot assume that people know what in the world we're talking about when we use acronyms. Case in point is my husband is in the U.S. military. He flies fighter jets. When we first started dating, I made a rule very, very quickly that was like, I can only learn one new acronym per week. Like, they speak in acronyms. Now, I have been a military spouse for several years now. We've been together for five years. I know a lot of acronyms and When my sister comes to visit, she always calls me out on it because she's like, uh, you're, what are you talking about? And I'm like, oh, I never wanted to be that person. I still don't know all the acronyms, but I know a lot, right? They have become part of my daily language because i'm hearing it from my husband don't do that don't make that mistake do not do that in your marketing make sure that you are spelling stuff out do not use smm if you are a social media manager write that out if you are a va and you are speaking to service providers who are potentially ideal clients say virtual assistant and also use other words when i was an obm and doing marketing, I always made sure to spell it out. It took longer to type, but it always served me well because so many people on the post were saying OBM. And when I said online business manager, they were like, Oh, I was curious what that is. You go and look in Facebook groups where people ask a question about OBMs, there will always be somebody on the thread and sometimes 10 or sometimes 20 what's an OBM. Also relate it to other things. So people if your audience is you know, coming straight from corporate and building their businesses online, make sure that you're relating it to things that might be more relatable to them based on their corporate experience. Like saying a director of operations or a chief of staff. Those were always some words that I used because that was relatable from my corporate experience. And so when people would ask me, so what do you do? I wouldn't just say I'm an OBM. I'd be like, well, I'm a business manager. My official title is a certified online business manager. But you can also think of that as a fractional DOO or chief of staff, like a director of operations or your right-hand man right? I wanted to use words that were relatable to them and give them a variety of examples to describe what I was doing. So beyond that, like making sure that you're infusing this educational information into your posts, that you're showing up for your ideal clients and taking the guesswork out of it. Don't make them wonder. Because how many times have you thought, I have no idea what that is. And I don't want to be the one to ask because surely everyone else knows. Don't make your ideal client feel that way. Spell it out up front. Literally spell it out. Do not get sucked into the world of acronyms. I mean, there are just so many out there. If you if you think about it, and we start abbreviating everything in our day-to-day life. Like right now, if I was communicating with my team and I said that, you know, I wanted to put something in CF, they would know that that meant ClickFunnels, for instance. Or if I was talking about the up-level group coaching program and I said the UL group They would know, right? But if I had a new team member and I wrote that, they would be like, I have no idea what she's talking about. So this carries on to when you're working internally with teams and don't be afraid when you start with a new client and they're using all these abbreviations, don't just be quiet about it and say, I have no idea what they're talking about, speak up and say, hey, what is this stand for? I'm new, it would be really helpful if we could get, you know, some of these. I know that you guys use shorthand, which I totally understand. But then hello, that is a perfect opportunity for a <laughs> SOP, right? You're going to make a guide to working with this client. So think about it from all different perspectives. How can we make education and information easier to consume and digest, but especially for our potential clients, right? Those dream people that we want to work with, but they may feel isolated because they don't really know how we can help them. They don't even understand our title. So what can you do right now? Making sure that you spell out literally what you do and give some information around it. Showing up on a weekly basis and providing educational content, giving real life examples of how you create transformations in people's businesses and avoiding using acronyms. Those things are really, really important helpful and important. You can use acronyms, just make sure you spell them out so they can start associating the actual name with the acronym, okay? So hopefully this is kind of bringing a light bulb on in terms of, oh my gosh, I've done that a million times, right? I have so used an abbreviation, and I bet you that there were people who would have loved to have worked with me, but were sort of like, either I don't know what she does exactly, or I have no idea what that term means. So breaking it down and making it really easy to invite conversation and explore further how You can help people in their businesses, but you have to decrease that barrier to entry. You have to make the, hey, let's talk about this more piece of the conversation so easy to get to. So make sure that when you are communicating, when you're showing up, whether it's on social media, whether it's in a Facebook group, whether it's a guest in somebody else's program, that you are educating and really providing information that is relatable. So I would like to hear some of your experiences and stories. Please come on over to the Up Level Lounge on facebook that's our free community and share some of your stories let us know some of the hard learnings i mean that's really important i shared one of mine today and what did you do to improve that what did you do to make sure that i'm never going to do that again but i'm going to take the growth mindset approach to to see how i can improve myself how i can up level my business all right thank you so much for tuning in i can't wait to talk to you next week thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you're looking to join a community of female entrepreneurs focused on the growth of their online business, be sure to check out the Up Level Lounge community on Facebook. As always, you can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at melissafroelich.com. See you here next week.